there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome, welcome, welcome to F1 with DRS. What an exciting day for a show. The boys are in Canada. I don't know about you, Jethro, but I am chomping at the bit to hear every detail from Friday on. I am. I'm excited. I don't know what to expect. We know we've had a not an epic fail, but a, a challenging time previously when you and Charlie went, but... I feel like Matt is going to um, change the game. Well, the bar was set low. Also, Matt yeah. is smiling, which makes me think something juicy is coming. Also, Charlie picked up some swag, apparently. Look at this cool shirt you're in. Lost days racing, baby. Fuck, you look great. <laughs> okay, boy, so you land in heavy rain on Friday, yeah? We landed super late, got to the hotel, and felt fine because we were on West Coast time, but... Got up at the crack of dawn, got a quick pump in, and then Saturday <laughs> was awesome. We started the morning off. We met with Alessandro, team principal for Alfa Romeo. Yeah, baby. And Bayot, and he's kind of in charge. He's their team manager. So we got to sit down with them for a while together, which was fun, and asked them about logistics. You know, we had a good, like, 35-minute conversation with them at their hotel, and it was awesome. They're both great. Bayot was incredible charming real charming oh yep. wow you guys are charmed do you think it could have been the environment though because montreal is supposed to be very sexy and charming yeah it was funny because before we started i ran down because we didn't have access to the room and i kind of knew it was him and he walked off the elevator as i was getting on and he had this kind of stern look on his face just like natural look and i was like oh man i'm like is this guy gonna be cold like what's this gonna be like and immediately as soon as he walked in he's just like Ciao just charmed the pants off us. <laughs> yeah, they were both awesome. Had no idea who we were, what we were doing. So we first five minutes, they kind of wanted a little rundown. <laughs> like, what what's going on here? What are we talking <laughs> about? What are you trying to get out of us? What are you trying to blast us about? So, And I imagine you guys are asking yourself similar questions in that moment, too. Like, I'm not sure what we want. I was hoping you would tell us. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping they were going to answer that question for us, uh, which they did. You know, we got a lot of cool... Info on like shipping logistics, garage setup logistics, mm. all that stuff. So this is Andrea Seidel you're talking to? No. No. Bruvi. Ah, Aluni Bruvi. Okay, Bravi. So they, they work like together, basically. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they don't have a quote team principal. He's like a team representative. We asked him about it. He kind of shares those principal responsibilities with a small group of people, but he's an attorney he comes in from the business side. Mm -hmm. So he's, he oh. was like a talent man. He started his own little management company. He represented a lot of drivers and teams coming up. And he was legal counsel for a lot of these different racing groups. And now he's landed there. Yeah. And then Biet started as a mechanic. Like didn't even think that he was going to get into F1. Never thought about it ever. It was just so random. And he just moved his way totally up to where he is now, which is pretty miraculous. And Sauber is in a third country, yeah, Jethro? You guys, like, the, most people are in England, some are in Italy, but are they in Germany or something? Sauber is Swiss, so they have, um, yeah, a really long history where they've been independent. Then at one point, BMW effectively bought them when there was a BMW Works program. Then it became independent again. Now they've got this Alfa Romeo sponsorship deal, but it ends... It's nothing more really than a badging exercise. It's not like a proper Ferrari or Mercedes effort. It ends this year. So next year, I think it will just be Sauber again. And then in 26, it's effectively been bought by Audi. Mm. So Audi returns to F1 in 2026 with this team. So they're a team in transition, getting a load of investment because Audi don't mess around basically. So when they come in, they want to be another big player. Mm. So did you guys have cocktails with these guys? This was Friday night. No, this no. is Saturday early morning. Oh, early morning. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, yeah. I, I'm trying coffees. to get to the sexy time, but uh, we're not there yet. Okay. No, coffees and water. Um, 
I had a cocktail this morning. Oh, <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. Before you cut Botas's hair, Dur- uh, right out uh, during actually. <laughs> well, let's we not both, let's not jump no. the gun. Oh, okay, let's okay, not oh, jump shit. the gun. Here. Okay, so sorry. Let's I, not I, jump. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you were. I, I thought you were pre haircut right now. No. I'm so sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, we already yeah. did it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's why you guys are, you got shit eating grins on your face. Okay, <laughs> what did you call them? Were they sir, lordship? What, no, what did we no go sirs. with? It was. <laughs> We we're not there yet. Super yeah, formal. I feel like it should be the formal. It should be. We should always use formal. <laughs> sir, sir, Toto. To sir, Toto. Excuse me, Mister um, Sir, Mister Sir, Mister <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Maybe Mr. we should sir. call everybody Mister Sir. That should be going forward. <laughs> then we took the metro to the race right oh. after. We we heard that that was the best way to get there. Got a weekend pass. We had a hard time knowing what to wear because it was it was cold. I underdressed. I was freezing. Um, <laughs> Metro was wild. It was kind of cool because you get on the first subway. Metro stops empty. Then it gets packed. Then it gets more packed. And we had to take a shuttle again and then walk. Uh, we got there. It was well, we thought we were We thought we were beating the crowd and outsmarting everyone by buying these weekend passes as opposed to a ticket at each thing. Like, oh, we're going to be ahead of the line coming out. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and... Every single person did the same thing. I mean, it was a mob getting out of there. Getting in was fine. Uh, paddock club entrance kind of, we had to go through the mob to get in, but we were able to dip out of that line pretty early. How long did it take to get from your hotel to the track? Over an hour. Okay, over an hour. On the way there was over an hour. Yeah. Back was like two hours maybe. Ooh. Ooh. And it was, there's not a lot of options. Like it's... <laughs> We thought we were going to like, you know, go to the casino after and kill some time, but the casino bag checkers are on strike. So if you have a backpacker bag, you cannot go in. Oh, great. So they must have lost millions of dollars this weekend. But it was like, just imagine two, 300,000 people trying to get to an island at the same time where there's limited amounts to go in. Like there's not even really ways to drive in. Like, and it's an old ass island. There's one rickety old bridge going over there. Oh, wow. It was built for the Olympics and... Yeah, it's probably more people than ever went to the Olympics that were going to this, so they didn't have any idea what was going on. But it was awesome. Cars racing through. We could see, you know, we could hear them as we were walking in and then start to see them as we got to the track. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really cool. We had a great setup. Very similar in setup to Miami in that we had the paddock club up top, yeah. right over the garage. You go down kind of to the press area where the paddocks are not as far as Miami. Like we had to walk to the stadium, but right there, same setup. So we tooled around there a little bit. We bumped into Danny. Ricardo. Yeah, yeah. we saw him and Blake for a little bit. Was he with Arnett? Arnett no. was in New York. Oh, yeah. great. Okay. And he brought us into the Red Bull, like into their private like their area. Bull. And so we oh. drank some Red Bulls and hung out there. And Toto and Marco were just sitting at the table drinking <gasps> wine. Christian. Bus, Christian, I mean. We're sitting drinking wine. and Oh. Wow. Hanging out. Yeah, and Christian was having a nice glass of white wine pre-quali. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Christian took the chair next to Charlie. We couldn't really get much content there, obviously, because you can't do anything in there. Right, right. It'd be kind of rude. Yeah, we <laughs> chatted with Auntie, who's yeah. in Valtteri's kind of personal trainer type guy for ever. And I think he was with Lewis before that. But we couldn't record that. They wouldn't let us do that in there. But it got some great insights. And he was a great guy. And this is all during what? So this is between free practice three. Yeah. After practice three, pre-quali. Okay. And it's raining pretty good. Off and on. It's raining pretty good. The vibe was certainly different than Miami, where everyone was hanging out. We had Zach Brown with LL Cool J out there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There were definitely more celebrities. So team personnel were out and about to interact with those people in Miami. It was also raining and just a little different vibe. Also- the walk was shorter. So people were going straight from garage right into that paddock booth. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, like crossing a street, basically. Yeah, right. Not a lot of time to saddle up next to somebody. Right. Yeah. But we did see, you know, there are a fair amount of celebrities, recognizable faces. And here's one. Uh-oh. Hey, Roger. I saw you coming out of Mercedes garage. Big NFL fan. Who are you pulling for this weekend? I'm just looking for a good race. My first, my first okay. one. Okay. So, well, have fun. Thank you. <laughs> Who's that? So that's Roger Goodell. <laughs> oh, he owns a team or something? No, he runs the NFL. Oh, oh, oh the commissioner? Oh, wow. 
the commissioner of the NFL. I had no idea who he was. Matt Charlie's like, no. I'm going to this guy. I'm like, who is it? Roger Federer? Like, who? What are you going to do? Same, same. I heard Roger. I got really excited. It was Federer. <laughs> Roger Goodell. Oh my god, what a pattern, Charlie. Because our first meet was Dan. Uh, the Marino. Marino. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. you like to start with an NFL figure. We got it. We got to start with the NFL guys. Uh, quickly got escorted out by his <laughs> oh, yeah. folks. I, I was not allowed to do interviews, but <laughs> you know, he was there. Are you feeling, by the way, now, Matt, this is your first time with, with the experience. Are yeah. you starting to already lose faith and get demoralized and that, that sinking feeling of your momentum slowing? Was all that happening? Oh, it's, it's well, cause like there, especially cause it's such a short distance. If a driver or a principal is walking from their private area into their garage, it's not even 10 seconds of a right, distance. Right. And there's other huge camera crews trying to get them. So like sure. there's a limited moment and then it's, so stressful and you feel like such an idiot yes. like i've never probably felt more incompetent you feel so unwanted right you're like oh anyone that sees me is repelled by me i'm holding this microphone it's like you're walking around and you've shit your pants that's yes. the feeling you know what i felt too and i don't know if it was the same for matt but compared to miami I almost felt guilty not asking them a race relevant question. <laughs> right. Like, like almost like that was more repulsive. Like, who the fuck are you? Why are you asking me this? You know, like I felt like I had to come up with something substantial and and somehow related to their performance or practice or qualifying or the weather, something. You know what's great is this podcast set out to like get some great interviews and stuff. But now what it's gonna be is like a 40 part exploration of the psychology of an interviewer. <laughs> Like now this this 100%. is way more a psychology podcast than it is a yeah. Formula One podcast. Like I wanted to get one of the like the professional interviewers to like interview them and be like, how do how do we do this? Like <laughs> what do we do? Like And at any us. point were you thinking like let's just get drunk to help with the stress? I didn't think that. And okay. looking back in hindsight, I maybe I just should have just started doing shots of Jack Daniels and yeah. really saw where that took us. Yeah, because a shit face version of you might go right up to anybody. Yeah. But then I think like, I'm like, you know what? This is the beginning of this. Like I could just make a fool of myself and be banned from races for life quickly. And I was like, that's t more terrifying. Okay. I will say I started off feeling a little more confident, kind of like, oh yeah, this is exactly how it was last time. You know, mm -hmm. it yeah. wasn't new. So I was like, yeah, it's not like this is any worse than Miami. Like, yeah. Well, you know what it's like to be down by 20 and then come back yeah. and tie the game. So you're like, then oh, the next yeah. time you're down by 20, you feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I, I went to, um, I went to the bathroom, peed, came out. And as I'm walking out, we bump into our next guy. And so this In the is bathroom. a longer clip. Right you're outside. Hear, right outside. But okay. this kind of sums up. And this clip is way, way longer of pauses. We did, I did some edit. This is probably like a 10 minute clip <laughs> okay. edited down. Okay. So this will sum up the interviewing experience right here. So we're standing right outside the bathroom now. Nick DeVries has just gone in. We're going to pop a question off as soon as he comes out. He may or may not have gone into the child stall, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> and he might be taking a dump. It's been a while. Do we ask him how his number two went? But here he comes. We'll see what happens. I think there's a secret door back there. but There might be. He might have a little bit of diarrhea, I think. Maybe. There's a lot of people coming out. A lot of people. We've been here for about five minutes, sitting here. Four people have now come into the bathroom and not Nick DeVries. I think there must be another door. There must be a back door. Definitely We're going on five minutes. Problems. Which, could this mean he's going to race better or worse? There he is. Oh, here he is. All right, here we go. Nick, can I ask you a question? Uh, Quick one. If all the drivers were on Dancing with the Stars, who do you think would win? Dancing with the stars? Yeah. Not me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so didn't like Nick DeRiz oh, before. That's genius. Like him less now. He's not a fan. He is not a fan of the podcast. Oh my god, it's so much more fun on this side. Oh my god, is this hilarious? Oh my God. The notion you start convincing yourself that they, somehow there's another exit of the bathroom. He was seriously in there. For 15 minutes, and he had, there were other AlphaTauri 
people, personnel going in and out and in and out. And he just was hanging tight. Do you think he was in there asking chat GPT how to win a qualifying session? Yeah. You know what I think happened? Remember the story about like Schumacher would block himself in the bathroom to fuck his teammate over before race. So he couldn't have to go. So I feel like Yuki was in the only private bathroom in their area. I was going to say, why, why is he going to a public toilet where two big men were waiting <laughs> Not what you want to see when you come out of a really rough shit scenario. I know but, he's I'm probably sweating bullets. He, he was in there going, how can my day get any worse? <laughs> These two guys waiting outside. And I'm fairly certain he noticed me because we walked right past each other. And I'm certain he must have at least noticed and then come out and seen we were still standing yeah. there. Also for reference... <laughs> He had his driver suit on, like, you know, kind of like hanging down. So like the, the oh. arms are hanging down. You know, when you've had like shorts on or baggy pants and you go into a public stall and you're terrified it's going to touch the floor. Like these bathrooms weren't clean. So I can't imagine that his suit doesn't have pee all over it well, coming out of that if he was taking a shit. You got to get out of the whole thing virtually. I mean, it's like wearing overalls or something. Yeah. So he for sure was, yeah, taking mm. a dump. Oh my God, that's so, great. And that's his hesitation when I <laughs> uh, I went up to him was really strong. He and, did not want that in. And this that was is, at all. Finally, he says, all right. And then I have to hit him with a dancing with the stars question. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just yeah. gives you a non-answer. Not me. Not yeah. me. Uh, and he was walking. He He was going in the door, as he said, not me. I mean, he was not. He didn't stop his stride for a half a second. I think you've synthesized this whole experience perfectly because he did see you going in. And then when he saw you on the way out, he knows that you know he's been in there for 13 minutes. Yeah. So he like, yeah. what what a moment where you're like, well, this guy knows I just dumped. So I'm at my most vulnerable. Yeah. And now he's got a microphone. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. So that was that. And then we, we went in for, uh, for quality. We watched it inside the Alfa Romeo. Yeah. So I had a plan before I went into this weekend okay. that I was going to do something to surprise you, Dex. Oh, okay. So it was my only goal this whole weekend. So it was raining so much, like it was Dark Lord Toto, right? He had his whole like jacket on, like, oh yeah, you know, very intimidating, finished an interview. And Charlie was like down walking away somewhere. And I saw my moment. I had nothing recording, nothing happening. <laughs> and I... Wanted to get his signature on my arm. Oh, And okay. all day I was looking for a Sharpie. Couldn't find a Sharpie. The hotel gave me the thickest Sharpie you could ever imagine in your life. Mm. So I immediately went up to him and I grabbed him and I said, Toto, Toto, we have a podcast and one of my podcast hosts is a huge fan of yours. And I think he would love nothing more than for me to get a tattoo of your signature. <laughs> So I lift my arm and he's like, no, you're going to tattoo my signature. And I was like, don't worry. It's in a spot. I'm probably going to cover up at some point, but it's just going to be for a joke. So he signs my arm, probably the worst signature he's ever done. Well, th this pen, you'd buy this Sharpie to make a poster for a sporting event. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking a good one inch felt. A paintbrush. Yeah. yeah a paint immediately brush. when the race leaves, we'll talk about that in a second, but I leave and we were rushed to go to dinner. I immediately walked into the closest no tattoo way. shop. Oh. And that, <laughs> no is that is Toto's signature underneath my arm. <laughs> oh my God. It's, <laughs> oh my God. It's a fucking so, mess. <laughs> it is. And I, sh Danny saw it. Like when we saw Danny, it was actually after I got it signed and he was dying laughing. And he's like, that's legitimately Toto's signature. And oh, boy, we looked it up and it was like a little cleaner when he does it. But I was like, you know what? This is a shitty signature. I got to get the shitty version. What did the tattoo artist say? He was laughing. He was like, you want, you don't want me to make it any better? I was like, no, I want it to look like <laughs> shitty marker tattoo. And the rest of the weekend, I tried to find him to show him, and I we did not see him one single time. But he'll never know about it. But maybe oh. I'm the only person with a Toto signature on my body. Incredible commitment. Oh my but that's for you, God. Dax. Oh, my God. I'm going to kiss you right there in that tender little spot with that weird hieroglyphic. It looks like a guy standing in a canoe, like an outrigger or something. People will think it's Polynesian inspired. He would have been better off making an X, like like in the cowboy yeah. days. 
It I looks think, like a, a Chinese symbol Matt yeah. got when he was 16. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be a good move to then finally maybe get like a soundbite, a good soundbite with like a long one. Because I feel like at some other race I can show him that I did it. And yes. he's got to remember that. Yes. We're going to be on his front porch for the rest of his life. He's, he's <laughs> going to be at some point. He's going to have to just open the door and invite us in. <laughs> I don't know if you guys see my new shirt that I'm wearing today. Oh, it's yeah, so let's talk about nice. the shirt. Yeah, it's Where'd about. Where'd you get that? Um, it was sent to me. A fan of F1 was, they made was nice enough to send this to me. It's very thick. I'm sweating <laughs> fucking bullets. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Toto Wolf and all of his prime. Worth it. Okay, it's no I tattoo it. though. I didn't mean to try to steal your thunder. Well, it's perfect. You were wearing that. Yeah. For this. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Two of the four of us are making our declaration very loud. That's right. <laughs> okay, so Quali. Quali's a wild ride, right? Yep, and we watched that inside so we could sit down and watch it. Mm. But you guys probably have more insight on the Quali. I have, I have a single main takeaway, and you, I'm sure Jethro would guess what it would be, but I just have to say, you know, when it's wet, everything gets neutralized. You know, whatever advantage you have with your car, you're only going to be driving that car to 60% anyway. So, you know, it gets very neutralized. And you just got to give it up to Max. It's like somehow he makes all the right decisions. There are all these yeah. moments where it could go wrong. Everyone else's game plan went wrong. And somehow, forget his car, you know, he consistently figures out how to be perfect. It's. I just thought it was pretty incredible to watch him navigate all the many ways you could fuck up yeah. on Quali. And other people did. And he somehow just stays up there and he's a second and a half faster. Jethro, counter, rebuttal. No, I, I think the same. He's just in that sweet spot where everything he does is right. Every decision he makes is right. And if something goes wrong for even half a lap or something, they rectify it immediately. They can make the right decision. And if they make the wrong one, they change it so quick. And, mm. and they're so decisive. Yeah, and he absolutely blitzed everyone. I mean, special shout out to Hulkenberg because it's pretty awesome to to qualify in second. It was amazing. Yeah, really. that was a heartbreaker to see him get the grid. That was yeah, rough. it really was. He was one person we walked by and he just had a great smile on his face even after the race. Like, he is just looks like a great dude. Yeah. I think he's a dude. I think he's a bit like Alonso. Not the same level, but he's enjoying a career he probably didn't expect to have because he's come yeah. back and he's in a half-decent car and he's their shit in the race. But in qualifying, he's doing really, really well. But yeah, it's just, I love those wet races. No one knows what tires they're on. And it, but our old motto about doing the opposite to Ferrari came true yet again, didn't it, basically? I mean, the fact that they did not come in and get the softs on and the entire field did, <laughs> that's kind of my point. Like, Because even Perez didn't play everything correctly with the same exact car. It's just like there were so many ways to fuck up. Mm -hmm. When you went out, when you switched to the softs for three laps, you know, all that stuff. Well, at the minute, Perez is making clear that it isn't just about the car because it can't be can it because if it was mm -hmm, just right. about the car Perez would always be second and the truth is I know he's in a bit of a downward spiral of confidence but the car is a big element but Max is just driving it so well making all the good decisions he's making it look better than it is yeah okay that's our um expert analysis having watched it and been able to pay attention to it closely I know it's impossible when you're even you're, you're in that paddock club it's so nice and everything but you're ordering espressos and shit oh and your people watching. <laughs> How many espressos do you guys think that Charlie drank on that day? I would guess six, just based on our Miami consumption. No. Uh-oh. I think he drank 12 oh. cappuccinos. Oh, my God. 12 what? cappuccinos, and most of them were doubles, and then he had a Red Bull and a Monster on the way home. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, it started in Miami. Those cappuccinos in, were so tasty, yeah. and I couldn't stop thinking about them. And I've never seen anyone eat more sweets. Like, I, I just yeah, want Charlie, like, every time he walked by one of those bars, grabbed a little, like, there was a, they had, like, a whipped cream oh, topped man. with strawberries, and man, <laughs> I took a couple of those down. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like every two seconds I'd look beside me. I'm like, where's Charlie? And he's either getting a cappuccino or another plate of food. Okay. Now, so Saturday night after all that, you finally get yeah. home two hours later. Um, okay. You're what? Oh, there's something between that. Well, yeah. When we left, we left and that was the worst. We were walking through and we had to walk through mud. Charlie had white shoes on. It was a disaster. It was kind of starting to really rain. I think so Matt was, we got to the Metro. Yeah. And yeah. to go in the door. And it was a mob of 20, 20,000 20, people. Oof, oof. And I think Matt was starting to panic a little. He, I don't he like, was on the phone. Don't like it. How do we get out of here? What's the next? We can't. This is not the option. So uh, what are we going to do? Yeah. And we waited. <laughs> it wasn't terrible, but it yeah. was a long time. We waited. It was fun. 
It was great. And then we got home. I ran to get the, literally ran, got off the subway. I sprinted down the street to get this tattoo. A chef friend of mine in LA set us up with like what's apparently the hardest restaurant to get into in oh. Canada called Mont La Pen. Oh. And they we had like this sandwich that I never would have ever eaten. It was like a grilled cheese, but inside was whipped scallops with cream and egg whites. Sounds disgusting. The best Unbelievable. part was we oh. had this, so the menu's all in French. Okay. And it's not no even English. like basic food. It's some fancy, crazy food, yeah. all in French. And we asked Matt's sake, we have the English menu and they don't have one. No. Yeah, of course. And so, yeah. But we had the awesome, we sat at the bar and the like bartender waitress, she came out and she gave us this insanely like over the top explanation of everything, telling us how you taste the, the mm. whatever. And that experience was awesome, but I don't know what any of it was. Is it fair for me to guess she was also attractive? <laughs> attractive enough. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because if a dude's breaking the menu down to you for 12 minutes, you're like, but just get the fucking It's funny bread. because a couple, a couple dudes would, like one time a guy brought one of the dishes, because we got all these different things, brought it over, and he tried, like clearly that's their thing, is they give this spiel about how the food interacts and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, certainly when he came and dropped it off, it wasn't the same, <laughs> yeah. but- yeah. You're like, I okay, yeah, we'll pretty. just try it. Yeah. She was pretty, but her exuberance and her excitement and zest for this food yeah. was infectious. The best part. Yeah. 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 It was great. And then <laughs> that was it. We went home. We, we, we there's like a a French festival. There's like a million festivals here. I swear every other street every is closed. Every block is closed off with yeah. a giant stage. So right outside our window is a stage. I'm seeing this whole episode as if it's um, Anthony Bourdain. Like, I'm really yeah. upset there wasn't a video crew following you guys. No, <laughs> We cruised and checked out this thing that they all look bigger than they really are. They look huge, like and there's like a booth there's, every 20 meters. There's really nothing. Um, <laughs> and then we, yeah. You went to bed at what, 5 a.m., Charlie, after no, all that like, caffeine? Well, probably one. Yeah, he, and then it would wait. That night I snored a lot. Uh oh. And, night one. Yeah. <laughs> and we got him earplugs the next night, uh -oh. which was great. And then we woke up. We, slept in a bit and went to the race and it was, so we got there right in time to get the last 20 minutes of the pit lane walk mm. so we had that that was super exciting and then went in and started to charlie had another 14 cappuccinos <laughs> wonderful we were off and racing off and racing but tell us about the pit lane walk who did you see what did we you saw do? kind of everyone everyone was doing their pit their what um, was cool we got to see the like the warm-up pit stops mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the mm -hmm. practice pit stops so they push the car to the spot, and then they change the tire. So that was cool to see up close. Stay tuned for more F1 with DRS. What were the big celebrities there? I, I don't think I saw any of that stuff not, this weekend. Not a ton of we blatantly recognizable. Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Okay. Oh, yeah, he was there. Taller yeah. than was I would have thought. on the TV, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't see a lot. Okay. All Anyone right. They didn't saw? show up for Canada. No, a lot of Canadian, like, I, I ran into a lot of, like, influencers, TV people that, like, I've worked with in the past on the pit lane walk. So I got to see some old friends, which was great. But that was kind of it. Like, there were some people that we kind of looked at and were like, that person's someone. We yeah. don't know who they are. It's definitely an old school place, isn't it? It's more. Yeah. It, it definitely had an old school feel about it. I love the track. Watching it on TV was great. It just um, yeah. isn't showbiz, is it? It doesn't feel like a showbiz place. No, not at all. And it was cool, though. We got to, when we left on Saturday, we were trying to kind of circumvent some lines, and there were these pontoon boat ferries. Mm. And ended up taking us longer than just walking it. But we uh -huh. hopped on the ferry and they like shuttle you to another spot to hop in line. And yeah. Did you guys get an answer to this riddle? It drives me nuts when I'm watching they do that helicopter shot, the over, and you're on the St. Lawrence River. There's so much water on both sides and it's not cluttered with boats like you see in Monaco. Why did you find out why? Yes, there is current. Like you cannot. Oh. Your boat is not going to stay still. You can't drop an anchor in that. It's too no. swift. Yeah, there weren't really any like docks or places to port or pull in or stop. It was very much like a passageway, like okay. a transportation. Because it just seems like there's so much real estate out so there. So much to, water. Yeah. yeah. 
Is there not one little... No, when you're looking at the overhead, the only boats you're seeing must be these pontoons that you guys took for the yeah. ferry service. Yeah. And I think if there was an area for boats to pull up, you would basically have to watch it on TV from your boat and you'd just be hearing the sounds. So it's not as exciting. Yeah. And you probably wouldn't get those Monaco <laughs> yachts. You'd get a bunch of fishing boats. Yeah. Well, so my guess is you guys really didn't get much from the race itself. Say probably that Jethro and I did. No, we were in the pit lane. We were in the the garage for about a half hour of the race, uh-huh. which was rad. And the day before, we got like the whole tour of that, which was cool because I learned that I didn't realize they have a whole carbon fiber area where they can just make carbon fiber stuff. On site. Yeah. And then wow. they also, what was interesting is what would be your best guess on the whole floor? He was saying that the floor is the most important part, which the floor has had its moment in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. How much do you think the average weight of a floor of an F1 car is? I'm going to go 12 pounds or six, I was going to say six seven kilos, kilos yeah. which is about the same, yeah. Oh, it's actually a bit more. It was, it was 20 kilos. Oh, 20 kilos. But does kilos. that include the yeah. plank? Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Okay, yeah, because the plank is chunky because it's a It's, it's titanium, a right? Or are you talking about the skid plate, Jethro? Yeah, the skid plate. Is that titanium? No, it's wood. It's wood? <laughs> it's a plank of fucking wood. No, how would it <laughs> really? be throwing sparks if it were wood? It can't <laughs> be wood. <laughs> They are. They're um. This, what's it called? No, a piece of wood. This jabrock or something. But the sparks, Jethro. The sparks. Wood doesn't create sparks. It's it's like a uh, engineered a composite uh, engineered piece of sparky wood. Guys are getting splinters in the garage. All F one cars run narrow wooden planks mounted underneath their floors wow. to prevent the cars from running too low. Yeah, it's like um. What's it called? I'm sure it's called like jab rock or something weird like that. It's like a sort of engineered plywood. All right. Well, I I um <laughs> I commit to learning a lot more about that for our next episode, and we'll have a full yeah. breakdown on how that piece of wood is throwing such a shower of fireworks. <laughs> but it is funny that they have a chunk of wood on the bottom of these super advanced. If cars. that is wood, I want to build a house of it and set it on fire so I can watch the fireworks. Okay, well, my hits from watching it, paying very close attention. At one point, Max asked if he hit a bird. That was great. Yep. It was never answered. He Yes, I got the answer. He oh. did hit the bird, and the mechanics, he mentioned in an interview after that his mechanics had to peel the bird off of the car. Okay. Okay, so we didn't lose Gary the Groundhog, but we did lose no, a we lost seagull. a bird. Yeah. We lost a bird. Mm. Okay. Um, Obviously, Russell hit the wall in 13. That was interesting. A part you might have missed is I'm sure you saw on the recaps when Alonzo swerved pretty hard to avoid hitting. Who was it in pit lane? Was uh, Lewis. 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 And um, it was funny because they showed it from like four different angles before they showed from inside the car. And it looked really dicey on all four angles. Then you get into the cockpit of Alonzo's car and you realize it wasn't hard at all for him to miss him. And then they cut almost immediately. The, the timing was so perfect. They show Toto in the garage, and he's mocking Alonzo. Did you guys see yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I can't get around yeah. him. Oh. And he's like totally <laughs> mocking him, and they happen to catch it perfectly. It was like a soccer dive. <laughs> I was going to say it's the equivalent exactly of a, of a simulation soccer dive, yeah. And then uh, another great moment was, you know, Max was just – out ahead for so long and i really think he might have drifted off because you know he went straight over the fight he like center punched one of the curbs almost yep. crashed and then he goes i almost knocked myself out on that curb <laughs> and he was laughing <laughs> and he really did almost destroy his own racing i'm like i bet he was literally nodding off right before that curb woke him up do you think it's getting to the point where red bull might want to slow him down just to get some tv coverage because if you watch the race, how much Max did you actually see? You saw him for about the first three laps and the last yeah. lap, and that was it. Like, there was no TV coverage whatsoever of the Red Bull. Well, maybe they told him to get wild on a curb so <laughs> yeah. they could get back on the telecast. <laughs> maybe that was Do part something. of it. Uh, another worth mentioning moment was um, Ferrari. You know, we all know about Ferrari, but what's new, I think, is that the drivers now don't give a fuck what the engineer is saying to them. I mean, it's really blatantly. Yeah. There was the moment where Signs was asked to change an engine mode and box. And he said, no, he likes engine mode X and he won't box. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to blame him because they don't have a good track record. 
Yeah, they, they, they're taking matters into their own hands now. And even the commentators were like, oh, you don't really hear this much. Uh, somehow, the, <laughs> they, and then they were acting as if it's really like a part of their plan. They're like, Ferrari seems to have empowered their drivers to make a lot more decisions than other drivers do. And the one commentator is like, well, he knows if he comes in, he's going to come out in this DRS train. And then the other commentator goes, he doesn't know what's going on behind him. That's why he has a race engineer. <laughs> yeah, but they're done. Like, to me, I think we should track this. That's a big plot point in the complete unraveling of the team, I think. What do you yeah. think, Jethro? Oh, God. Um, it's so hard with Ferrari, isn't it? Because, actually, I know they messed up qualifying in the wet and everything. The car was pretty quick in the dry. They it came, was. They came up pretty well. But it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter how much performance they build into that car. They will find a way to mess it up. It's like, it's so intrinsic now in the team that I don't think it's ever going to change. And I, I I feel like Leclerc's done. I feel like Leclerc doesn't want to be at Ferrari. I feel like he loves the company, loves the idea of being Ferrari's, the guy who gets Ferrari back to winning ways. But I think in his brain, he's just clicked and gone, this isn't going to work. I've got to go somewhere else. I've got to try something different. I sense that as well. He does seem defeated. He'll have like these little moments where he'll get competitive against another driver. But all in all, it seems like the hunt and the hunger is just not there now. Hmm. Yeah. And and science might end up doing quite well as Leclerc gets more and more disheartened. Because you get the feeling yeah. Leclerc is he's a real emotional driver. Like he's on the edge. He has to take a huge amount of risk. And if he... If he drops off by one or two percent, it feels bigger than other drivers. Whereas Science is like a he's a real worker, like Nico Rosberg used to be. Like he works at it and he studies the data and he does all that stuff. And it might be that he starts to get better results. But I yeah, I feel like Leclerc's out. I just don't think he's interested. Yeah. And then um last moment for me that I jotted down that I thought was <laughs> first of all, I gotta give it up. Lewis had a great race, totally mm. great race. Uh, it was really fun watching he and Alonso dice it up there the, in the first third of the race. And I thought, this this is who you want to see battle, to be honest. Like, yeah. I, part of me thought, oh, I want to see Lewis back up to battle Max. But really, these two have way more bad blood. They're kind of perfectly paired. You know, the cars are pretty indistinguishable. They're both older, they're both champions. Like, to me, if the rest of the season was a lot of battles between Alonzo and Lewis, we've got a great rest of the season ahead of us. I agree. With that said, in that little holding area, the green room before they do the medal ceremony, they're in the room. They're, it couldn't be more awkward. Lewis, Max, Alonzo. <laughs> and Lewis starts immediately with the game plan. He's like, uh, yeah, my, my car was way too bouncy. Were you bouncing, Max? And Max's like, yeah, 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 the track is bouncy, yeah. And he's like, yeah, but your car was bouncing less, right? And Max's like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how yours was, but yeah, these turns, it was really bouncy. And then he, he just goes, your rear end was insane. And Alonzo goes, mine. And Lewis goes, no, his. <laughs> so it, it and seemed like a singular. Yours was nice too. Yeah, yes, he did. He thought yeah. his was nice too. But it's like his singular goal was to establish that his car was way worse than Max's. That was the whole point of that. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. But it was nice because in the post-race interview, Lewis was giving a lot of credit to them. He said this could potentially be the greatest three-way podium of all time. And he was giving a lot of credit to the other two, which was... He was, yeah. Well, and he funny, even they took all, a selfie with them. They all say that in their posts and their... Yeah, they go real nice. ...thing, but it seems like they're all kind of annoyed at the pecking order or to be there with these other dudes. And look, I, I I shouldn't even care that Lewis does that. I would be doing the same thing. It would drive me insane to be driving something a little bit slower than my competitor. <laughs> and and I would want bit. everyone to know at all times. But I, I weirdly expect a tiny bit more, I, but maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He was the one guy that we would see that massive amount of hype and security and fans watching. I mean, we were even in just that press area, but... Everyone was swarming to see him everywhere he went. We saw a guy, you know, go up to ask for an autograph and his security just shoved him clear out of the way. I mean, it was, it was the only person that it was so intense. We saw plenty of drivers walking by themselves. Well, you and saw Javries taking a dump for half an we hour. We saw yeah. Javries taking a dump. Yeah. You were knocking um, on the door. Yeah. Even like, <laughs> yeah. no question, hurry up. You need, yeah. you need TP, Javries? Do you need some wet wipes in there? <laughs> Should I get a mop? <laughs> <laughs> mm. okay 
Well, I got a hunch something's coming from today. So I, I guess I think now we should maybe talk about 10th place because this was by far the most exciting 10th place shootout. This is the first time that we've had two picks dueling for a good chunk of the race. I mean, between Stroll and Botas, and then having Atlando in the mix with a five-second penalty was this so... This was the problem, yeah. Yes, and I'm just sitting there calculating. I'm like, okay, so if he passes him, he, uh, he's going to slide down. Botas is going to slide to 11th, but then... The five, yes, that's great. Oh, no, now Stroll's got to pass... Botas, if Charlie's going to win, oh no. And so for a while, Jethro, you were winning. Yeah. Then Matt was winning. From the very start of the weekend, I had this feeling that I was going to win because yeah. he qualified like, was it 14th or something like that? Mm -hmm. And, I, and mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, he's going to go forward because his car is quicker than those cars ahead. But I was like, it's Lance. He's not going to go forward that much because he's obviously having a bit of a nightmare weekend. So I just had this really strong feeling. And then yeah. I was looking, I was like, okay. And in the race, he was just clicking up, you know, 12th, 11th. And then Lando gets his penalty for, uh, what was it? Unsportsmanlike behavior or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I, I must be getting it. And I'd forgotten that Matt had gone for Bottas. So and then I looked up, I looked through our Instagram and I was like, oh shit, now this is really tight. It was so tight. If Lando doesn't yeah. get that penalty, you're, you would have won. But then it also twisted a little bit because me and Charlie were walking and Jethro messaged me and I think I won. Like, it looks like with that penalty, I won. Yeah. And we walked by Auntie, Valtteri's trainer, and we're like, you know, congratulations. That's great. He got in the points. And he's like, he might even get higher points. Ocon might also be getting a penalty. Oh, because of this wobbly rear wing. They're talking about it right now. I was like, how likely is that that he's going to get a penalty? <laughs> and he's like, it seems highly likely. Ooh. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I kept refreshing all day long. I was like, please, please, please don't get a penalty. I tell you what, though, I would recommend it. The 10th place game is actually really good because even mm -hmm. in a weekend where, you know, pretty early on, it looks like Max is going to check out. It does bring in a lot of jeopardy. And those places... The one thing it has shown over the course of the season, because we've been so bad mostly at picking, is how tight it is in those positions. And the order changes so much. It's got to be the most drastic change up anywhere on the... Well, Yuki really has had a drastic turnaround. Let me tell you, Yuki, <laughs> he, he doesn't like 10th anymore. That's all there is to it. He's, he's done with it. As soon as Charlie gets him. Yeah. 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 I got a bad, bad hunch if one of us picks Yuki, he'll get back. He's going to win again. Yeah, he's yeah. going like to yeah, Not a match made in heaven. We changed the rules. Like the biggest guy and then the smallest guy. Maybe not the pairing. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 But Albon also had a killer race. We were kind of waiting yes. to try to get something at the end of the race. And we were kind of sitting on these things in front of the Williams area. And James Vowles was out there. And we kind of heard behind us, Jensen Budson walked by and was talking to him. And he's like, it's like you guys won the race. Yeah, and like yeah. they were like celebrating like a race win in seventh. And I think that's also what's cool about this sport is seventh place can be a race win. He did so well. Yeah, Albon was on fire this week. And I think yeah. he made a strong case for himself to potentially go to one of the more premier teams. It was his girlfriend's birthday this weekend. So maybe he was trying to give her a birthday present. Oh, and she's so cute, the golfer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not like that waitress who explained all the entrees to you guys, but really close. <laughs> no, that was the enthusiasm. That was just her enthusiasm that made yeah. her attractive facts. Don't you, don't you remember? Uh, well, it's, it's very thrilling. Matt, your second victory. Congratulations. Amazing. Thank you. You and I are both two and two, right? Yeah, two and two. Two and two. So exciting. That's okay. Next race, Charlie. Next race. Well, you know, see, the conundrum is... I got to stick with Yuki because clearly he's going to get it when I don't. <laughs> but also yeah. he's getting further and further and further. You're ruining his career. You're ruining I, the year you, of Yuki. <laughs> I know. I need to apologize. He was going to be at Red Bull next year and now he's going to end up at Alpha Towery for the rest of his life. <laughs> But he's so cute. He when he did the he was walking to his car. He walked out front, and everyone was cheering for him. And he was just waving with the cutest smile on his face. Yeah. And what was also cool, like when all the drivers and principals were arriving to their cars pre-race, by far the biggest applause by a mile was Gunther. Everyone uh, lost their oh minds yeah. and cheered. I was like, "Who's walking down?" It's Gunther. It's like yeah. more than any driver. And I might add for our listeners that we, I sat down with Gunther recently, which will be coming up. So yeah, Ooh. he's, uh, he's an enigmatic human being that Gunther. Okay. Hit us with, how did you 
end the day last night. You were high, Matt, on a 10th place victory, a new bit of ink. Did you guys go hard last night or did you have an early morning? No, we had to do poutine. Well, on, uh, per the recommendation of our fabulous waitress, mm. we went to a local poutine mm. place mm. and got some gravy fries and cheese curds. Mm. And then we went to, there's an F1 festival. Oh. Literally, we've walked by or driven by at least a dozen separate festivals. Mm. But Cara, one of the folks over at Alfa Romeo, she was at their little setup at this festival. So we went over to meet her. It was fine. Just not. So we <laughs> came home, edited a little bit of audio and called it. They gave us like a limited edition green Alfa Romeo. Uh, it's, I think it's Stivio, Stivio mm. the SUV. And we drove it the first night and it didn't seem like it Stelvio. had a lot of guts to it. And then it's because we didn't have it on sports mode and using the paddle shifters. And then last night I found those. Yeah. And that thing. That thing rips. Oh, it boogies. I, I had one in Detroit oh. on a trip. Yeah. And I was I was pretty blown away. I got in that same thing first. I'm like, I don't know, a little SUV. Doesn't, doesn't yeah. have a V8, blah, blah, blah. Then that thing rips. How was the poutine? Because I saw it on Instagram and it looked gross, I have to say. Just did not look appetizing in any way. It looks it disgusting. Looks it sounds disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, not the and, 180 I was expecting. It looks yeah. disgusting. It smells disgusting. But you know what? It's okay. Yeah, we went to there's like the most famous spot in Montreal, and we drove there, and it looked like there was another hour wait. And we were like, we've waited for so long. But then the waitress told us like the next best spot, her favorite spot. So we went there. Was what's it called? Patata Patiti. Oh, Petiti. Cute little just spot. We sat at the bar and ate it, and it was great. It was like a diner. Mm -hmm. A little tiny diner. All right. Well, hit us with this morning then, I guess. So this morning, yeah, we, we got up, had our coffees. We headed over to the team hotel, got set up, and then we sat down, had a barbershop-style conversation with Valtteri Botas and oh. Joe. Mm. Oh. What was Joe like? I mean, just real quick. like So they were both yeah. on the quiet, shy end, but also very talkative. Like they weren't that shy. They were just quiet. But both of them, you know, you ask them the right question, they opened up and would talk for a couple minutes. Joe was very playful, seemed very young. You know, like he just seems like he's having fun and he's playful. He was super hungover, he said. Oh, uh, that's oh, really? Like, like really, like, yeah, he, he wasn't feeling so He's hot. like, I drink three times a year and I'm not. Last night was one of them. <laughs> oh, wonderful. You know, it occurred yeah. to me when I, because I, uh, during the race, I went to our own F1 Instagram to remind myself who was P10. Yeah. And in that process, you know, I had picked Joe and I realized I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> he has to wow. be the very least shown person in F1. For sure. Like yeah. when you guys were looking at him, did you feel like you were seeing a brand new person? No, I, I, well, I, you're did familiar. Them. I would look through all their Instagrams okay. to know their hair. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, I true. recognize him, but he's definitely the least recognizable, yeah. I would say. He's good looking, right? Yeah. He's a good looking Cause guy. I think his style sense next to like Lewis, Lewis goes pretty out there with his style. Jogo on you is like next to that. So oh. me going through all the TikTok stuff, there's always style stuff on him. So he, oh. he really likes to push the boundaries with style. That's going to be a good Zaddies of F1 episode, his dad. We got to find well, out. Well, his dad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot there. That'll we be were him. hoping Vince, we had talked to Vince, he said Valtteri's dad might be there. Oh. And so we were hoping to get a little combo. Mm. But he, he Valtteri's like, dad, sleeping. His, his dad had a long night too. So he, <laughs> Everyone sounds like everyone. Montreal, I, as I just remind people, it sent like four different A-list celebrities to treatment who have done movies there. So oh, yeah. I guess <laughs> there was a lot going on. I don't know. We didn't do anything, so I don't, I don't know. But... <laughs> Everyone, we asked them their favorite, what's the best party track? Montreal was up there. And mm. I don't know. I just didn't know that going in. That Yeah, it's a sexy city. Party city. Yeah. Big time. And then cut his hair. So obviously we're keeping the mullet. He hasn't had a haircut in three months. So oh. we really freshened that up and it looks sharp. Oh. It's real nice. He we cleaned it up. Was he impressed with your style? Because I, you've cut my hair a million times. And what's awesome about watching Matt cut hair is it's so fast and great. But this I told Matt going in, you have to slow <laughs> this pace because he would have been done in two minutes. Yeah. Good point. And I did. Because also trying to do an interview and cut hair is different because it's like it's a 
little bit more pressure than just having a random conversation that's, yeah. you don't have to get things out of it. Also, you're holding a microphone with one hand and scissors with the other? No. Yeah. Well, he just <laughs> held the microphone and I just tried to get as close to it when I talked. Yeah. But then halfway through the haircut, they asked if everyone wanted a Caesar, which is the Canadian version of a Bloody Mary. Oh. And he loved it. So me and him shared a Caesar. He was so excited. We had it with gin because mm. he has a gin company. So that well, was... he. They asked if anyone wanted drinks, and he said, I'll take a Bloody Mary. And Matt's like, well, you got to have a, the Canadian version. It's a Caesar. Oh. And it's better with gin, and it's what? Clamato juice. Clamato it's juice and everything with the, the Caesar. But it's lighter. It's not as thick and tomato pasty. They asked Joe if he wanted anything. He said, no, no, no. And so, but the, when they ordered them, they brought him one. And so he, of course, took a sip and was going to be... <laughs> Joe could not immediately like, oh, oh, but Botas was in love with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Charlie didn't drink his. And I think when we left, Botas maybe grabbed the other one too. Um, so that was good. And then don't they have some uh, driving to do today? Or maybe I shouldn't even ask that. No driving. Oh, no, no driving. driving. Okay, okay, okay. I thought no. today was like a press day where they might give some rides or something. We we asked about it, and this one is like the non-exciting press stuff. They're not racing around through the city and okay. they're mm-hmm. just sitting in that hotel. And Matt, did he seem pumped with the do? Like, was he pretty? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was pumped. He is in love with the mullet. And I actually started it off with, um, I did a bunch of research on the history of the mullet. Oh. And so I kind of like asked him about it. And, you know, we have that whole thing in the recording, so I won't get into it. But like, I kind of taught him a little bit about the mullet and talked about, you know, it's kind of bang on for what he wants and he's keeping it long he's keeping the back growing as long as possible so good good but he tightened up the sides a bit but not as short as he originally had it but we did it and then at the very end my idea was all we like i had someone pitch me this idea that like you should get a lock of his hair and auction it off right and i was like i don't know this is a weird thing to say but we said it in the pre thing and then someone mentioned it brought it up not me after and he jumped on it. He oh. was like all about this. So we grabbed a piece of the mullet off the floor that I trimmed up <laughs> and he held it and we took a picture. And oh. now we want to get, I think there's a card company. So we want to try to get that hair to this card company to make a one-off card with his mullet in it and auction this off for charity. Okay. And is there enough hair to make maybe 10 cards? There's enough to make 150 cards. Oh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll think about the quantity uh, in the marketplace. But we, we, want, we don't want many, right? Like you want to, you know, it's got to be a limited run. Yeah, one of 10 maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, this sounds very successful. They were great. We really had a good time with them. And I think, yeah, yeah they started a loving relationship with them. Valtry seems like a great hang, very low maintenance, mm. easy. I mean, even with this, Matt was asking him as if he was going to be very picky about specific length and how high we're going you know and he was like sure oh sure you know better you're the guy i i don't know i want a mullet and i want to keep it long on the sides and short or long in the back shorter on the side so very very low maintenance and then and you know he hadn't got a haircut Mm -hmm. in three months and didn't remember when and joe was a little bit more like yeah i get my haircut once a month this is how I, i just had it done so matt cleaned him up a little bit too but oh. he seemed more oh you did That's particular cool. yeah, yeah he definitely it was more of a style yeah thing and more high risk that makes sense we didn't get audio of this because this was just kind of after we shut everything off and we were just chatting before we left but something we might not know this is different than zaddy's this is more mummies of f1 his mm. mom was an undertaker <gasps> and really? retired about a year ago so like sold i guess their business or whatever botosses or Joe. Botas's, yeah. Okay. His mother was an undertaker, and growing up, he would like help move bodies. That and, explains like, the trapezius. <laughs> He's got very thick, robust yeah. trapezius. He's done exactly. a lot of deadlift, cough, and deadlifts, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but those interviews are gold. Like, I think we got a lot of really great stuff, and we're excited for. Oh, I can't wait to, to get tease these. those out. We'll do that uh, next week in our preview, our Thursday episode, I believe. So good trip, boys. Great so fun. trip. Yeah. Great trip. We're going to go. I could have done without the rain, if I'm going to yeah. be honest. But uh, it was, it was what good. What was the temp in, in Fahrenheit? Uh, 55 in the morning, and it got Oof. max 60, 60 on the first day. Yesterday was about 65, but it was sunny, so it felt a bit warmer. Okay. I was watching, and I thought, oh, I just want to be smelling the air where they're at. Did it smell incredible, though, Matt? It was great. Mm. Yeah. I will say, especially even since Miami... Bumped into a ton of F1 fans, podcast fans. Oh, he did! Oh, that's good. Tons Lots. and tons. Oh. Um, we were also around probably 100,000 more people when we were in this mob, but 
We bumped into a ton actually this morning outside the hotel, to and from the track. Were you guys uh, taking pictures like you were celebrities? I think yeah. people were a little some some people yeah. were a little shy and oh. didn't didn't you could tell some people wanted to ask but they didn't. But then I felt weird being asking them if they wanted to, even knowing they wanted to. But it feels like a weird thing to ask because you want to be nice. But so you're afraid that they don't want one, and you seem like you're trying to act like yeah. you're. Yeah, I asked a couple of people on yeah. that lane. You want a picture? Well, yeah, yeah. On the subway <laughs> in though, the first people we ran into was. I think it was two sisters, their parents, and the sisters' husbands, and they all got into F1 because of your Danny episode, and now listen to our podcast and are obsessed with it, and this was their first race. Oh, So fun. they came as a family, I think from, were they from Seattle or maybe? Something like that, and they all flew in. It was their first race, and they were so excited, and the parents were wonderful. It was it was really cool to see. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Jethro, are you going to be able to go to Silverstone? Do you know what? The annoying yeah, thing after is... After giving like, us all this shit, let's see what you can get yeah, over. Yeah, you've, been, you've been having a good time in the grandstands. <laughs> let's see what you get. I, I think uh, I'm going to be... I think I'm going to be going to Monza for the WEC, which is annoying. I literally had a phone call just before we got on with someone inviting me to do like a deep dive thing with Aston Martin. So I'm going to see what I can do. I'm going to see what I can do. But okay, yeah, I need well, to get to one. Yeah, I need, got, I, it's not fair. You guys have had two people. Like, I need a, I need a wingman. Yes, you, like, do. Who, you do. I need someone else to stand outside the toilet stalking whoever it is I'm I mean, going for this listen, time. I'll head out to Silverstone. Yeah, yeah. One yeah. of the three of us will join you for sure. Yeah, if we can make it happen. I, I love but these. Yeah. I love, I just love like the whole weekend because you have the normal race weekend, but just in mm-hmm. the back of your mind, you're like, oh, Matt and Charlie are wandering around in that. And even it, during the, um, the medal ceremony, the crowd is so big in the pits and we're pausing it and we're like, just, it was very much where's Waldo. We're like, I'm like, they they gotta be in there and they're going to stick out like turds in a punch bowl. Where are they? Yep. We spent a ton of time scanning and <laughs> oh my God, Jethro, did you I can't believe it wasn't the first thing you said. Did you see the picture of Charlie and, and your boyfriend, Adrian Newey? I did. I did. I was impressed. I was really impressed. How did that happen? Was there a sound bite or you just grabbed it? No, just <laughs> no, he was, it was, no, that was post race. No, no. And yeah, he was, he was in, I could have either had a photo or an interview. And I was like, I'd rather have the photo. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't really doing interviews. Like he wasn't, had, hadn't been talking to anyone. He was just talking to like friends right outside of their little paddock. That's area. cool though. That's awesome. And so I just went up, I was like, Adrian, can I get a quick photo with you? And he was uh, yeah. great. super nice. And Is it after he'd already had all the champagne sprayed in his eyes? Cause there was a before, before. Oh, okay, good. Cause he yeah. did not do well with the champagne. <laughs> and there's the greatest moment is him trying to get a sip out of that thing after the spraying stopped, but he was squinting so hard. He kind of missed <laughs> putting the bottle up to his lips. I'm like, Oh, they just ruined his career. His eyesight's probably not going to be oh, what it was. He's done. He can't see the floor. <laughs> yeah. um, and Dax, when we were in with Danny in the Red Bull area, we mentioned that we're probably all going to... We got into something. I don't know how the topic came up, but we talked about the 24 Hours of Lemons. Ah. And he immediately got so intrigued and is looked like he was on the fence and kind of... He was like, what are the dates? <laughs> when is it? Like he wants to drive with us. That way. Like he was on board. So I think we need to do this. And maybe our fifth driver is Danny Ricardo to do the 24 hours of lemons. Listen, that is a pretty good ringer. That is a pretty <laughs> good ringer. But then, he, then we talked about who would be the first, what would happen. And like we were trying to figure out the order. And <laughs> I can't imagine Red Bull's insurance going for it, but I, I love the idea of it. Can you imagine when he goes in and tells Christian Horner <laughs> he's going to drive a Chevy Malibu in a Le Mans 24? It, I'd, weirdly, that would be about the coolest move Ricardo could make would be to go race in the Lemons. Yeah. Like brand wise, that's a win for him and us. Oh, we should do it. That sounds awesome. Okay. We'll yeah. definitely try to secure that. Although we'd certainly have to win. Yes. At this point. <laughs> I mean, we kind of have to win with you two and then throw in a third. And I think we'd also have to find a way that Dax and I could be faster than Danny. So we'd have to somehow break our own car just before he gets in. <laughs> no, I know exactly what we'll, we'll do. It'll be, we'll, we'll be running a four banger Toyota or Honda and we're going to take away one spark plug every time he drives. So we'll have a, 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 a 25% horsepower deficit. <laughs> and we did, we talked about this last time, but he did, Dax, say that you'd probably wreck it trying to get the, the best time. So <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> that's looking like more and more of a, reality um i did um you know father's day ended up uh it was a small group which was sad i missed you guys terribly but we did go to k1 yesterday after the the formula one 
And you know, I just kept my thing going. I'm just, <laughs> oh, just kept it going. Shit. <laughs> that means he won. <laughs> kept it going. Any other big surprisers? Get some good lap times in there. Well, you know, Kalen's fast. Well, Kalen and I were both sub 25, which is pretty hard to do at K1. In wow. fact, we were. You, it's really fun, Jesse. You got to do it with this. You get a practice, a quali, and then you have a grid start for the race. And uh, the difference between Kalen and I for quali one and two was 12 hundredths of a second. It felt wow. just like Formula One. It was so great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so exciting. And the other funny thing was there's only four of us. So you just knew that only one of us wasn't going to be on the podium. Like, it's, <laughs> it's way worse than having like 10 people. When there's Who only was it? four. Uh, I, I, I feel unethical saying it, but it was Ryan. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, there's a great picture of us on the podium and him standing just to the right. And they gave him a fucking little <laughs> necklace that said happy birthday. It was his like metal. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Well, that's we missed fun. you guys. I'm so glad you went out there. It was that's so fun listening to the adventure. Oh, blast. I hope we do this ten more times. It's so fun to think about you guys wandering around. Yeah, I love you guys. And uh so next Thursday we'll come back to everybody and we'll have some clips from the haircuts, more mm. interviews. More to come. Have a great week, everybody. And until then, I urge you to push, 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 push. push.